from the ESPN 690 and the Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Well, it's not a victory Monday, everybody. Eventually, the Jaguars will string some wins together. You have to hope that. It was uh, a severe case of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're going to talk about it. We're, we're going to have these hard conversations. We're going to have to peel back this a little bit. Because let's be honest, this is sports radio. Let's point the finger and let's figure out whose fault this is because somebody's got to be to blame. And that's what I'll be doing today on Action Sports Jackson, ESPN 690. I'm Austin Lane. Brett Martin will be here momentarily. We got Casey pushing all the right buttons. And Casey, let's just get into it, right? And I want to start out with the biggest thing that I've noticed on social media, the biggest thing that I've noticed around this fan base right now, and it's almost like an inner civil war happening right now between is Trevor Lawrence playing bad or not, right? And it reminds me a little bit of last year when it was like, do you pull the button on, or do you push the button on Gardner Minshew? Do you keep him in there, or do you take him out? Was Gardner Minshew the answer? Well, eight, nine, ten games into the season, you realize, no, he wasn't the answer, right? And then with the whole ham thing and, and Jake Luton comes in and it's just drama and controversy, yeah, we, we, it, it was made abundantly clear that Gardner Minshew wasn't the answer. So now we fast forward to this season. And we're all excited for Trevor Lawrence. You know, we, we were all celebrating the drafting of Trevor Lawrence. And now there seems to be a conglomerate of fans that think, well, he's doing fine. It's not his fault. Like, the receiver's got to catch the ball. Um, the, the, the offensive coordinator has to call better plays for him. You have to give him more confidence. Yada, yada, yada. And the other side is saying, well, this is Trevor Lawrence's fault. So the question comes, where do I side on this? And where should you side on this? This isn't a Trevor Lawrence issue. This is a Jacksonville Jaguars issue. This is an offense issue, whether it's Urban Meyer, whether it's Bevel, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, whether it's LaVisca Chenault, whether it's Marvin Jones. They are a team, right? So this involves everybody. But allow me to serve you guys up some realness as well. I sat in here, let's call it probably eight or nine months ago. And, you know, when it was the whole Minshew show, yeah, the writing was on the wall that wasn't going to work out. And a little after that, the New York Jets did the Jacksonville Jaguars a favor, and all of a sudden Jacksonville found themselves in the pole position to get the number one pick. And I sat in here when fans were celebrating because the Jaguars were losing, and they're actually rooting for this team to lose. Why? Because of Trevor Lawrence, right? And then when you finally... It, it, it was clear the Jets win again. People were chanting J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, people were ready to put Frank Gore in, 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 the, you know, in the circle. And everybody was celebrating the Jaguars' demise because it meant that you got Trevor Lawrence this year. So if you're going to celebrate all that stuff, and then Trevor Lawrence comes in this year, and you're 2-7, and seven, which is, okay, that's not the biggest point, but he's regressing instead of getting better? You have every right to at least be critical of Trevor Lawrence. 
I'm not saying this is Trevor Lawrence's fault. I'm not saying, you know, the, the offense, you know, dropping the footballs out there, some of the play calling by the goal. Like, it's not all Trevor Lawrence's fault. But at the same time, you have every right. And I don't understand how you cannot be critical of Trevor Lawrence when there's open receivers to, to hit, right? When, when, when you fumble the ball to lose the game. You're the starting quarterback. And I don't want to hear, well, it's better than Blake Bortles. All right, this is this is better than Blaine Gabbert. Last time I checked, when Blake Bortles and Blaine Gabbert came in here, we weren't always saying, "All right, well these guys got to start right away because they're they're, they're going to change this whole thing around." I didn't hear that narrative. What did we talk about when Trevor Lawrence first came in here? It wasn't even close to saying, "All right, well let's go, let's let Gardner Minshew start things off this season, and then we'll gradually bring Trevor Lawrence in." No, to hell with that. It's the first overall pick. This is the generational talent that we've been hearing about. Now, I understand people got an issue with the, with the whole verbiage of generational talent. Was it right for us to appoint him that? You all appointed him that when you were all cheering last year for this team to lose for him. Okay? So, yeah, I think if you were doing that last year, you have every right right now to be critical and say, man, is he where we expected him to be right now? And if you're asking me that question, I don't think he is. Now, you can do things to help him out. DJ Chark getting hurt didn't help anything. You know, the, 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 the draft didn't help anything. Travis Etienne, you know, goes out with a knee injury. Those things happen. Set aside from that, what have you done to help him out? Right? I, I was one that was shouting on top of the rooftops. Go after Odell Beckham Jr. Well, it didn't make much sense to get him. He's not going to come here. Doesn't matter. Does it help Trevor Lawrence? Yes or no? If the answer is this, then do whatever you have to do in your power to help Trevor Lawrence. If that means you have to bring in a pissed-off Odell Beckham Jr., uh, you know, and go through that whole headache, then so be it. Because this season should not be about right now making the playoffs. And if you thought it was, it's time to take off your delusional hat, okay? This team right now is not going to the playoffs. I hate to break it to you, it's just not going to happen. The focus and the goal of this season, as it should have been, you know, starting three, four weeks ago, should be the, the, the development and the progress of Trevor Lawrence. And right now, the way it looks on film, what I'm seeing from this offense, he's regressing. And, and that's a frustrating point to me because what this season should be about right now, it's not getting done. Casey? Yeah. How you doing? By the way, how's your weekend, man? Doing uh, all right? Yeah, I didn't have to work at all, so that was cool. Amen like, to that. Man. I like that. Amen to that. Um, but sometimes feeling watching the Jags feels like work. It does. It does. Um, it's a job. Yeah, but to your point, um, I think you're you're absolutely right. He's he's not playing well, but I don't think that translates to he's not the quarterback of this team. He absolutely is the quarterback like, of this Because there's a lot of that on Twitter, too. Like, oh, is it time to? No, it's not. He's not playing. He is obviously not playing well. And what I don't understand about it is... Why won't he throw the ball away? Like, if I'm sitting there on my couch, granted, yes, I'm sitting there on my couch. I get that. But, <laughs> I mean, it's a great way to start off this. I'm sitting on my couch, but yeah, go ahead. But I'm like, hold on to it, guy, and like, yeah. wait for something to develop. And if I've said throw it away, and he still, ha like, I just don't like throw it. I don't know why he won't throw it away. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's a result right now, Casey, of a guy who doesn't really trust in his offense. Um, who is pressing way too much and trying to make plays happen, okay? And that's where that conversation, whether it's from, you know, the head coach or the offensive coordinator or even a teammate, you got to sit him down and say, listen, man, 
we aren't really helping you right now, but you aren't going to help us if you hold on that football and you turn the ball and we have a chance to win the game, okay? And, and then that conversation has to happen. I'm, like, I'm not oblivious to the fact that, okay, in terms of weapons right now, in terms of personnel, it's not the best in the NFL, okay? That's, that's abundantly clear. But then I watch a team like the New York Jets who I can't really name any player on their offense. And granted, you know, Mike White steps back. Yeah, All right. not sorry. good. Not sorry, good. sorry about your boy, Casey, but Mike, okay. White, Mike, Mike White took some steps back. But at the end of the day, like, I watched Davis Mills throw for three touchdowns against New England. Okay? Like, I've seen rookie performances. What has been the rookie performance so far for Trevor Lawrence? I mean, is there that one game, that one signature game that sticks out and says, all right, I, th- that's why he was taken number one overall? No. no. Yeah, I don't think he can do it. And with all due respect to, to Brandon Cooks and David Johnson and that offense, I'm not ready to say that offense is much better than the Jaguars' offense in terms of personnel. Now, maybe play calling all that stuff, there's a difference. But in terms of personnel, are the Houston Texans that much better than the Jaguars? No. No. But I've never wanted Brandon Cooks so bad. Oh, no, without a doubt, right? And then that's where the whole whole speed thing comes in. It's just, to me, it's frustration from the regression of the quarterback position. It's frustration because, you know, whether you want to use the excuse, well, you know, the guys have to help him, okay then. But I sat here, and a lot of people sat here to start the season, and I don't think wide receiver was the biggest problem. We were excited for Marvin Jones, all right? We were, you know, we were wanting to see what LaVisca Chenault was going to look like in this offense, all right? I thought it was going to be DJ Chark's best season of his career. Now, injuries obviously hampered that. That is what it is. So be it. I mean, the, the only, the saving grace right now and the only, like, thing that makes you feel a little good is Jamal Agnew. Right. Who was never supposed to be part of the plan in the first place. But he's got speed. He, he, I guess he can be a gadget guy. Hopefully he can stay healthy. But, like, that was the only shining spot that I saw. And obviously a big dose of James Robinson, right? And you're always going to have James Robinson to rely on. But when it comes down to it, I, I've said this many times, can Trevor Lawrence elevate this team and can he win him some games? He cannot. He simply cannot. James Robinson right now has to be the focal point. James Robinson right now is the guy that can give a spark on this offense, and Trevor Lawrence can. And what's crazy is the go-to guy, as you just said, is Agnew, who was a cornerback. Yeah. Like, why? how did that happen? Here who, we are. Uh, continues to drop passes now. Well, yeah. Like two games in a row. So, I mean, now he's not trustworthy, you know, a guy that you can go to. I mean, you can go to him on the gadget plays, but yeah. to be honest with you, I don't want to. I'd stop throwing the ball to Jamal Agnew. I mean, because he hasn't been catching it. I think, I think he, he can actually get open, though. Yeah, so he I'm, might I'm be the one going to get open. Here I am to defend Trevor Lawrence. I am here. Welcome, I Adam. made it. Good to see you. Well, that was a good 12 minutes of yeah. bashing Trevor. I heard. Yeah. Nah, it wasn't a bashing. I, I, listen, I think the, the problem right now, listen, I've, first of all, I think he's the number one overall pick. He should get some criticism. I agree with you. I mean, he should get criticism. I thought he'd have a better shining moment by now, nine games in, than he's had. Um, but to sit here and say he's not it and all that, some of the crazy stuff that you see, I don't think, I don't think anybody in their right mind is thinking that nine games in, uh, or as I said yesterday on social media, eight and a half games in. Uh, I don't think that's it. I, I, I think the way to simplify, because I don't think Trevor's playing good football, great football, good football 
Uh, I don't know if he's playing awful football, uh, it, but he obviously is a guy at this stage that needs some people to make plays for him and help him out a little, and, and there's not enough of that going on. I look at their offense, and I look at their offense being a bigger problem than Trevor being the problem. Like, mm. I don't think the reason they're not scoring points is because of Trevor Lawrence. Mm. To your point, I don't know if he's, well, I know for sure, he's not playing enough above the X's and O's or, no. or willing them and carrying them to score points, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and he had a chance yesterday to do it, and then, and then he fumbled it away. And the worst part about the fumbling away was his first down, you know, <laughs> because you could have had plenty more downs and time to, to do it. And then he would have erased a lot of the bad stuff that happened. But I will say this, Austin, I kind of think about it a lot now and like, all right, Trevor's Trevor and his rookie blues sometimes happen. Mac Jones is trying to, is trying to make it seem like, hey, you don't have rookie blues. Justin Herbert uh, has did that last year. Mm -hmm. um, and so guys do that and then really get off to great starts. Trevor's not that guy. Before he got hurt. Yeah, Burrow too. So he is not in that category of getting off to like this great start, oh my gosh, you know, uh, no doubt about it. But I look at that game yesterday, and I still think there were plays that he put, made X, above the X's and O's. Like, you talk about holding on to the ball, Casey. I mean, he had three sacks for 10 yards. Uh, yeah, maybe he did hold on to it a little bit. I see a guy, at least from my vantage point when I'm up there in the press box, that they're lucky they didn't have eight sacks. Like, I think he escaped sacks. I think he, he has saved that offensive line from a statistics standpoint at times i see a couple of plays and you'll know better than me on this but that they designed to roll to the right side yesterday two mm -hmm. times and jawan taylor's guy is in his face as he's rolling to the right to try to develop play you know the play to marvin jones where they called like holding or interference yeah. mm -hmm. and it looked like because i even had like ty text me he's like why did he throw more air under that said like, ty the whole timing of the play got thrown off because jawan taylor's guy is in his lap as he's rolling out mm -hmm. i think the design of that play and i'm not next to nose guy was to create time for Marvin Jones to work across the field and throw it or somebody else to work across the field. Mm -hmm. So it's those kind of things that are happening around him. Right now, I still think, I would say this, my biggest defense to Trevor is I think he's still making some plays above the X's and O's. I mean, the throw to Marvin Jones where he got walloped on the play was terrific, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that is a big-time play, a uh, big-time play. I, I don't know if there are other rookies in the class that make that throw. I really don't. I think Mac Jones makes that throw. Baby, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he does. Yeah, I, I don't think he's got the arm strength to make that throw. I mean, if we want to be honest, I think maybe Mac Jones calls an audible and sets something else up. Wow, that's fair. From, from that play, like if he sees the blitz, he says, "No, nah, I'm gonna check out of this and go someplace it, else." You know, and that was interesting because there's a play that was on social media where everybody's kind of covered up. Yeah. And that's exactly what I thought about. Uh, the good quarterbacks, and usually I would say the veteran quarterbacks, mm -hmm. know at the line of scrimmage which plays to cancel out. Mm -hmm. And I don't see a, a, a Trevor Lawrence that kind of knows that right now, no. right? At the line mm -hmm. of scrimmage knows, all right. I mean, I, the greatest example, the greatest thing about Tom Brady, and I was told this years ago, is that when he gets to the line and that snap happens, he has eliminated half the options. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, now from a processing standpoint, and, and I just think everybody can relate to this, from a processing standpoint, you start with four or five different options, and by the time the ball snapped, now you have two. Mm -hmm. And so it's boom, boom. You know, it's like either here or there. And so I don't think Trevor's doing that. I don't know how many young quarterbacks do that. Maybe it's simplified by Mac, or maybe Mac's really good at that, you know, uh, and getting into plays like that. I don't know. I don't know the game well enough from that position to know why Mac's having more success. Are they coaching it up? Is he just playing better? Does he know the well, offense I mean, better? He's, he's in a lot better environment in New England, obviously. It feels that way. Um, Not a ton of in weapons, In terms though, of right? weapons, I mean, the wide receiver position – 
I mean, you want to call J- Jacoby Myers better than Marvin Jones? Maybe. Okay, Kendrick Bourne? Eh. I mean, I, I'll take their tight ends right now over the Jaguars' tight ends. H- Hunter Henry's having five you know, of the last six. A career year. Yeah. A guy that I wanted here in Jacksonville because, once again, helps Trevor Lawrence out. So why wouldn't yeah. you spend the money to get him over here? But it is what it is from that standpoint. But, um,. I, I, I think the talent in New England compared to Jacksonville, in terms of receivers, it's comparable. Yeah. An offensive line's different. And I that. think the flow of the offense feels like they're in a better rhythm, right? I mm-hmm. mean, I said this when we had the conversation about the Bills' offense versus uh, the Bills of 17, mm-hmm. the game, and we, we did, okay, offense for the Jags, offense for that 17 team. And you, you weren't like, holy cow, I love that offense. I mean, we debated it a little bit. You probably take that offense. But the reason you took that offense is because they got in a rhythm and a flow. In November and December, like late November and December. That's why you liked it. Well, right now I feel like Mac Jones and, and really much of the season, but he had some off games. Mac Jones and it feels like, uh, uh, what's his name there, uh, McDaniels, mm-hmm. are in that kind of a rhythm. I don't feel like Bevel and, and, and Trevor Lawrence and this offense are in that kind of rhythm. Uh, is that hard for Bevel to get in that rhythm because guys are dropping passes? Is that hard for Bevel to get in that rhythm because on second down to Dan Arnold, uh, Trevor Lawrence is missing that pass? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh, or it's a penalty after you do make a nice play to Dan Arnold, and then they have Manhurts, you know, on a, on a 15-yarder. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know if it's all Bevel's fault either. I think these guys just aren't making enough plays for him, whether that's Trevor or everybody else. Uh, I keep coming back to out of sync, disjointed. Those are the words mm-hmm. uh, that, that look like this offense. And I just don't know if it's easy enough to say, hey, it's real, Trevor's really playing bad football. It's all Trevor's fault. I don't think anybody's saying it's all Trevor's fault. But uh, I don't know if we can properly even judge some of this stuff when you have a handful of drops in a game. I mean, five drops in a football game is atrocious. Sure. Six offensive penalties, I think Meyer said today. I mean, that's gross. Yeah, it's it, it, it's not good. And it's possible that their wide receivers are not playing well and Trevor Lawrence isn't playing well either. Yeah, it like, is. I mean, it this, is. And, and that's what I think. Um, yeah, this, this includes everybody. This includes the fact that I think in terms of personnel right now, what you have, you've let Trevor Lawrence down a little bit. I think there was a lot of stake put into Chris Manhurts. You know, I mean, as a blocking tight end, sure. But then as a receiving tight end, you had hopes for him as I did, and those aren't really coming to fruition right now. Um, you get a guy in, what, the fourth or fifth round in Luke Farrell, who, you know. Yeah, even later, sixth round. I'm sorry, sixth round, who, you know, hasn't really done much. Travis Etienne, your first-round pick, um, hasn't been able to play. You still have a guy in James Robinson who should take some pressure off when, yeah. you, when you use him, and I get it. You, you want to slow things down a little bit and get him, you know, gradually in the game because of that heel, okay. But I, I guess I'm wondering how many excuses can you have, though? How, how many built-in excuses can you have? Because I was thinking that Marvin Jones is going to have a career year here. Like, did, did, did Marvin Jones fall off that much from one year from Detroit to now where it's like he's not serviceable anymore? I yeah. don't believe that. I don't know if he slowed so, down So or do you what? mean Marvin Jones can't get separation anymore? I don't know. That might be the case after a year, but I really don't believe that. Do you mean to tell me right now that LaVisca Chenault is, is a bust? I don't want to believe that. It looks like so he's then, regressing now. Okay, and maybe he is, but all I know is LaVisca Chenault has shined out his own coverage. The culture in his own coverage yesterday, so why isn't he, like... I don't know. You, you want to say he's not getting open, not getting open. 
It's not like the Colts did this in crazy man coverage where it's like, oh, wow, they're slacking Chenault. No, I mean, they they called the right zone coverage, but then where are the coverages that say, hey, you know what, we can sit underneath this one. Yes. Or we can take him over the top. I mean, he was open on a touchdown, but Trevor Lawrence missed him. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a combination of things for sure. But my point is, is that when you draft a guy number one overall, you hope to see something better. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think, uh, I mean, LaVisca, I think, is a lot to blame here, to be honest. I mean, they tried to run a back shoulder pass. He runs a, like a, a route that keeps going. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was an obvious back shoulder pass. Mm-hmm. And then on a blitz pickup, the, when he took the sack on, I think Urban Meyer referenced it today, I mean, he, he's got a missed assignment there as well. Mm-hmm. And then he drops the ball with two hands on it. I mean, mm-hmm. LaVisca Chenault right now, this is a guy that <laughs> I really like. They can't even utilize him. And, and by the way, I'll give you one other with LaVisca Chanel. He runs it out of the backfield, and if he runs it upfield instead of running into a crowd, he probably runs for 25 yards. I mean, the vision on that, I mean, he's not a running back, but still, I mean, if you're going to be in there, hit mm. the hole, man. I yeah. mean, he had the hole. Uh, easy for me to say from upstairs, I know. But mm-hmm. uh, so all of this is easy to see from, from everywhere else. Uh, but, yeah, they're just not clicking on offense. Uh, and, and by the way, the best move they've made for him is Dan Arnold. Yeah. And Dan Arnold's been a nice move for them, but even him, he's had his moments, but, you know, from, from yeah. drops to drop, fumble, uh, fumble in the football to drop that led to an interception. I mean, and that's kind of the guy that makes everybody feel good, and even he's cost the Jaguars offensively. But how many chances do you get to the crack at, at, at the tight end position? Because you went after Chris Manhurts, yeah, that didn't really work. Okay, so then you go after some guy in the draft and Luke Farrell. Well, we'll see. But as far as a wide receiving threat, I'm not sold on Luke well, Farrell. Well, they weren't right going now. after him as a wide receiving. So right? just I mean, uh, block. another blocking tight end. That's right. what he was because they you. wanted to run the football. Okay. I mean, I, listen, we can but, we can agree or not agree on it, but yeah. Urban Meyer said. You know, when he talked to Joe Burrow, he said, you got to be able to run the football. So they yeah. go out and get a blocking tight end, a blocking tight end. That was their thinking. Well, and then Joe it. Burrow also drafted Jamar Chase instead of getting Panay Sewell. Well, to, next year, maybe Trevor Lawrence. Pass, so, uh, well, a good call. Travis, to pass the football. I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence might have drafted Travis Etienne, and the guy got hurt. Mm, did, was, you think Trevor Lawrence drafted Travis no, Etienne? I, I mean, but if you want to go in that route, he also got him Etienne. I mean, it's the same he didn't get Jamar Chase, but. Yeah, but I'm saying Joe Burrow probably, I, I would say, asked for Jamar Chase. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But he uh, also but, has but a running game in Joe Mixon. Wh- okay, but I'm, I'm saying, and we have a running game in James Robinson. Well, I know, but that's what they tried to increase okay. is what I'm saying. Like, but don't think, if you're thinking Luke Farrell should be catching the ball, well, then you've got the wrong perspective on Luke Farrell as well. No, I'm not thinking that at all. But then I'm also thinking, okay, if you draft a Luke Farrell just to be a run-blocking tight end, I mean, so be it. But I would probably rather get him some more weapons than if I'm the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I would try to exhaust all those options. I think we're at the but, point where we've got to give him credit for getting Dan Arnold now. But here's what I'm going to say, though. Okay, so then you, you get a Hollister. Yeah, that, yeah whatever, that, right. that, that kind of fell through. I mean, you, what, your third or fourth shot in the dark, you finally got Dan Arnold, and yeah, it looks to be working yeah. now, but that was like your fourth shot. That, that, that was your fourth go-around, and you may have found somebody. Yeah, oh, yeah. instead of, so, you, oh, you're referring back to like Hunter Henry and John yeah, Smith yes, and those guys yes. as well. Yeah, yeah I yeah. agree, man. Yeah. Listen, there are a lot of them out there. Jared Cook <laughs> is still playing at a decent level. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go, you, I can name you five. Listen, we don't even love the fact that they got rid of Josh Oliver. He's not even doing anything, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I agree. I They've, their moves that they made have either misfired or they've regressed the guy. I mean, again, I think if you want, everybody loves to blame coaches, um, personnel, all the other stuff. I think if you can blame a coach right now, it's probably Sanjay Lal at the wide receiver position because that group is doing nothing. 
like nothing to help the mm -hmm. situation. And honestly, we went into the year and kind of liked the group. Marvin mm -hmm. Jones, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chennault. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever after that. But you kind of like that setup. And ETN, the way you were going to utilize if you go back to August 1. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I mean, they have... LaVisca Chennault is playing bad football. Like, right. really bad football. Like, now you start looking back in the draft, and you're like, wait a minute, you could have had... Claypool, I just P looked. Pittman or Claypool <laughs> yeah. or one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Instead, and believe me, I've, I've, I've kind of liked Chennault in spots, but... If he's not going to do anything, then he's pretty useless to you right now. But aren't we expecting Marvin Jones now to be the one when he signed here to be the two? Yeah, but you never really – I think he signed to be a 1A. Right now he's not even really playing as a 1A. I think – now listen, this is just me. You see it better than I do. Mm -hmm. My guess is defenses are shading him a little bit because they're not worried about anybody else. I mean, they got a defensive back playing wide receiver. LaVisca Chenault's doing nothing. They know they're – okay, Dan Arnold's their next best weapon probably outside of Marvin Jones. My guess is defenses are at least leaning to his side a little. Um, and he might be a step slower. I mean, he's 31, 32 years old now. Maybe yeah. it goes fast, so maybe... Don't we also have to count in Stafford was throwing him the ball? Stafford's pretty good. Yeah, probably. And I think Austin mm. said this, too. I mean, you know, Marvin Jones's numbers really popped in games, right? Sure. Like, I mean, he had some games where it was like but, 180 yards well, and three touchdowns. He had those games when Kenny Galladay was out, and they had zero at the time. I mean, I think Swift... Like, so last year, I forgot like, what his numbers looked like last year. They had Swift, but I think Swift was kind of in and out as well. Kenny Galladay's out. So it was the Marvin Jones show. I honestly couldn't name you another receiver besides Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones last year. Maybe yeah. Danny Amendola? I mean, Hawkinson, but... Well, but Hawkinson from a tight end. But I'm saying, if you were playing, and I'll be honest right now, Hawkinson, Dan Arnold might be comparable. Just the way Hawkinson's being used right now in that yeah. Lions offense. It's not good. But... If they were keen, they, you had to key on Marvin Jones last year just because that's all they had for some games. And he still had his games where he had two or three touchdowns, you know, eight, nine receptions. Yeah, it's Matthew Stafford throwing the football. Well, this is supposed to be Trevor Lawrence throwing the football, so, like, what's the difference? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, you see, I mean, you, you have a strong running game in James Robinson, so that should take some pressure off. You have Dan Arnold, who seemed to be, you know, when he can catch the football, serviceable. You have Agnew, who's supposed to be, like, the, you know, this – this speedster kind of guy, that kind of gadget kind of dude. So you have something with that. So I don't know if defense can just key in on Marvin Jones and say, we shut him down, it's game over. Yeah, and they might not be worried yeah. about him to that degree. I'm just trying to find a reason why he hasn't really got going. He looked better early yeah. than, he, than he does right now. And I, can, I don't think we can dismiss what Casey said. I mean, listen. I mean, Matthew Stafford's better than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, of Matthew course. Stafford yeah. is, a, is a decade into the league. So, yeah, I would probably say you'll do better with... Uh, Matthew Stafford than than Trevor Lawrence. They might have good arm talent together, but they're ten years apart in yeah. terms of experience. All right, let's talk more about Trevor. Let's talk more about the Jags. I mean, I think we learned one thing about maybe we found something out about this football team, though, and it is a positive thing. Maybe, maybe. Uh, are you convinced? Are we convinced? We'll find out. Uh, we uh, talk more about the Jags loss in Indianapolis. And uh, it's coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The Trevor bashing is on here in Jacksonville. It took nine weeks. We'll be back. <laughs> you know, I think
think of the transition from college to pro, I've heard that, you know, from ever, from some of the players I've coached and from other guys. But you'll continue to hear this as long as I'm around. And that is that when uh, a quarterback plays great, everyone else around him plays great. When a quarterback really struggles, you can find it everywhere. You know, three holding penalties, are, you know, or, you know, a position had three or four penalties. You know, what is that? You know, that's not the quarterback. But it's cumulative, and he's the quarterback. So when the offense is playing great, it's because the quarterback and everyone around them playing great. When they're struggling, it's everybody around them as well. Yeah, I get it. Uh, and, and what people are wondering is, okay, you're the number one overall pick, and do quarterbacks play above all of that anyway? And how much can they overcome? I guess it's a case-by-case -case situation. I mean, listen, we see good players play bad all the time uh, in the NFL. Now, this is a three-game stretch where, yeah, I'm not sure he's playing awful football, as bad as everybody says. Awful football, in part, is turning it over all the time. And uh, it was a bad turnover yesterday, but he's not throwing it to the other team all the time. Like, that's, that's awful football. And I think that's also part of the reason why he either holds on to it a little bit or makes the safer throw because he got off to a little bit – he got off to a slow start, right? I mean, nine interceptions, I think it was, like in the mm -hmm. first – few weeks or four weeks or something i mean that was a slow start so there's no doubt they're trying to limit that which i hate when teams do that too much because then you take away the instinct i think from my point of view i i really believe trevor lawrence is he doesn't trust anyone right now i don't think he trusts anything uh and i don't mean by like the coaches or anyone, and i don't even mean by his own uh maybe a little bit of it is his own stuff i think he doesn't trust whether Jawan taylor is going to block the guy on the right side uh or whether you know, Tyler Shatley's going to pick someone up. Carlos Hyde's going to pick up the blitz. And if anybody's going to get open, and when they do get open, if they're going to catch it. <laughs> but if if you can't trust the receiver to catch the ball, I mean, don't you just keep throwing him the ball? And then if you keep yeah. dropping him, then you hey, then, then then sit him down and say, well, you're gone or you're cut or you're yeah, benched. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, he's got no choice to throw it to him. Yeah. But my point being, like, on, on a split second without hesitation, in rhythm, timing, mm. I don't know. Does he trust all that stuff around him right now? I, I guess that's what I kind of see where his some of his deficiencies are. And they've given him good reason not to trust it. I mean, they have not made plays, like, at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I was thinking this yesterday. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, in fact, I had said it to the guys up in the press box. When's the last time you said, hey, that was a good play, like by a receiver? I was talking James Robinson all the time. Um, well, James Robinson From a receiver. So Treadwell, by the way, makes the big play, right? Treadwell makes a great play. That was a really nice catch. Yeah. Chark against Arizona in the corner. Yeah, that was a nice catch. Um, I'll tell you the one that I think. The one that I go back to in my mind is the Agnew tippy-toe catch against Cincinnati. Remember? Yeah. On the sideline? Beautiful play. Beautiful yeah. play. I mean, I, I would say LaVisca to get down um, on that one play. Yeah, to, that's fair. To win the game against Miami. Look how hard we're thinking. Didn't oh, guys in the yeah. NFL make these plays like every freaking week. For sure. They make plays. Mm -hmm. They help their guys out. Now, if I ask you, when was the last time uh, you, you know they had a bad drop? You could come up with 12 of them sure. over the last three weeks, and you're not even counting all of them, mm -hmm. you know? So I just think that's what I mean by trust. It's like, okay, I'm going to throw it here, and my guy's going to go get it. Mm -hmm. you know, that was the beauty of Allen Robinson when he played here. You got him to go get it, he's going to come away with it. He mm -hmm. has a 75-25 ball with Allen. Yeah. Uh, so they're just not making those plays. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. And some of it's him. I, I get it. And maybe it's the receivers don't trust him at times. But it does feel different than I think there were times where the receivers didn't trust Minshew mm. if he was going to get it there. 
you know, from an arm strength standpoint or whatever standpoint. I think there were certainly times when Bortles was around where they didn't trust him. I don't see that from this receiving group. Like, I don't think they're looking back at their quarterback like, what was that? Very sure. often might be offline. It might not be as accurate as it should, and that's fair to say and criticize. Even he's saying it to, about himself. But I think this is more like, all right, guys, go make a play for him. Outside of James Robinson, and a little bit of Dan Arnold's in here too, I feel like. I mean, Arnold's made a couple plays, and, and Agnew has made plays unexpectedly, but now that's starting to fall off. I mean, even for C.J. Beathard in the end zone last week here, and now a couple of drops, you know, uncontested un plays. But, again, if you play wide receiver in the NFL, you make the plays if you got two, two hands on it. Um, I mean, to me, it's quite simple. It's just guys aren't making plays. Quarterbacks aren't throwing it. Block, guys aren't blocking it. And, and uh, the receivers aren't catching it. And, yeah. and everybody's taking and a turn on the merry-go-round. No, everyone's taking a turn on the merry-go-round. But also, if guys are open for touchdowns, you have to hit them. Yeah. You, you, you have to see that. Take me through that play because, again, Lavisca we are, yeah, yeah, I know. I saw it, heard about it, but I never saw the replay. Like, we look up. We watch the play, and then we look back up on the TV, and sometimes it's a slower delay. Yeah. And so we don't watch it like you guys are watching it at home. It's it's a different look sometimes. Yeah. Um, and we're way up there. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times that's great, by the way, because you can see. Like, I mean... I'm looking at receivers and seeing if they're open or not. Now you're trying to keep an eye on the quarterback. Everybody will circle a guy, mm -hmm. right, and be like, hey, that guy's open. It's like, okay, well, what part of the progression was he in? <laughs> like, maybe the play wasn't designed for him. Yeah. But what play it was, was this just? One? I mean, basically what happened was is that Trevor had the underneath, or he had the, yeah, the underneath or the over to Chenault. Um, I think he didn't anticipate the safety or whatever to jump up um, like he did. And he threw the underneath when Chenault was wide open, just as opposed to like, the deeper route. Um, and if he would have held the ball for a second longer and saw him, I don't think Chenault would have been touched. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people said that yeah. on that play. So If he catches it. I mean, yeah, he, he starts to catch it. And, and yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> if he catches but, it. But yeah. if he catches it, that goes through your mind. Down. I wonder if it's going through Trevor's mind. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the deal. I tweeted this this morning. I still th I think this kid's pretty special. I think he's a he's a good player. I think maybe the learning curve's a little sharper uh, than than when we thought it would be. To your point, your mm -hmm. number one overall pick. And by the way, I don't think it's a, he's immune from the criticism. I mean, I I think he's going to get the criticism. It actually took halfway through the season to really start getting some criticism. Bottom line is the offense stinks. I mean, the offense flat out stinks right now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like an NFL offense most of the time. And he missed an opportunity even in a game and in a three-week stretch where the offense stinks to go win a football game. And that's where you erase some of those things. Like, that's where you like to see him make a play that wins the game because it says, hey, even when we don't play that well, look, we win the game. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the guy you're hoping he is. Now, you're not going to do it all the time. Uh, listen, it, it was an ugly series against Miami, but he still made two throws in that game to help them win the game. Like, that was a good moment for them. Uh, it's not going to happen all the time, but with this franchise, with this football team, you're hoping that guy can, can make those plays more often than not. And yesterday, he looked like he was actually in a little bit of a groove there. I don't know if they go down and score. I don't know what would give you confidence to say, oh, yeah. They were going down like they were. Yeah. I mean, they had 45 yards to go, and, and they had a minute, and that goes off the clock very quickly in the NFL. So I don't but, know if they win it, but you'd hate to see them lose it the way they lost it because you never get to see if they could have won it. Yeah. Um, 
I guess then what, what I want to bring up then, because you mentioned Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow talked to Urban Myers, so you have to run the football. And, yeah, uh, I definitely agree with that. The running back takes a lot off the quarterback and makes things easier. But if we go back to Joe Burrow back in, you know, last season when he was a rookie, now the record may have not been that good, but the numbers when he was in were good. Were pretty great. Yeah, it looked good, right? The eye yeah. test was good. He definitely passed the eye test. Well, what was the difference from that team and the Cincinnati Bengals last year than what the Jaguars have right now? Like, what am I missing? Because they have Joe Mixon, okay. Well, we have James Robinson. T. Higgins, okay. I mean, now he's coming into his own. But at the time, a very young receiver who still had to figure things out a little bit. A.J. Green, I'm not sure how many games he even played in, but I don't think he was really that lot. much of a factor. I mean, you had Tyler Boyd, or Taj Boyd, or Tyler Boyd? Tyler Boyd. Tyler. Tyler Boyd, who, yeah, is a very underrated slot receiver. The tight end position, I don't think, was really that great. So, like, what am I missing then? Was it was it the game calling? Because the offensive line, I would probably take the Jaguars right now yeah, over that so. offensive line last year for Cincinnati. Yeah. So then what am I missing where Joe Burrow is able to have success and everybody in Cincinnati was like, well, man, this is Joe Burrow. Give him a couple years. He's going to be special. What did they have last year that Jackson doesn't have this year? Yeah, I, I, I would say that's a great um, comparison. And my answer would be, most likely, and I don't watch Cincinnati every game. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I think it does go back a little bit to the rhythm of Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow together. Uh, and what, what kind of rhythm are Bevel and uh, Lawrence in? You know, I asked for this early in the year. After the Houston game, I was like, okay, are they going to get in a rhythm? Mm -hmm. And I then I remember saying after, like, the first month of the year, there were some games that they were in that rhythm. Like, you could tell. Like, coordinator and quarterback looked like they were on the same page. They were still making some mistakes. They weren't necessarily winning football games, and they weren't getting in the end zone enough. But yeah. they were moving the ball up and down the field. Uh, the and, and I would also say, I'm going to guess this part, okay? So I give you the reason. Maybe it's the rhythm of the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. And by the way, that's not always the offensive coordinator's fault. Like, that might be the quarterback's fault. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe Joe Burrow just adapted quicker and, and, and was, was better early. You know, mm -hmm. maybe he was, and maybe he'll be better late. Maybe he'll be a better quarterback. And I think a third thing is we'd have to go back and look, but were they making all these mistakes? Now, the offensive line, you're right. On paper, you would tell me on paper I'd take all these guys are about equal. But that doesn't mean they played equal. You know, I mean, did their right tackle play like Jawan Taylor's playing? Did their guys drop five footballs a game? I don't know. I don't know that I, because I didn't watch Cincinnati close enough. Yeah. And so maybe all those little things allowed him to get in a I better mean, rhythm and, and, uh, and play pretty good football. I'm going to tell you this, and I don't know how good, if you want to compare to like pro football focus, but in game number three, Burrow got sacked eight times. Yeah. In game number five, he got sacked seven times. That's why he tore his ACL. Yeah. Eventually, yes. Okay, but uh, Trevor Lawrence got hit ten times yesterday. Okay. Ten times. He got sacked three, but he got hit ten. Okay. So that's not that different. But how many times has Trevor Lawrence been sacked this year? Again, you, you're asking. I'm just giving you an I'm example saying, okay. of a game that he got whacked ten times okay. yesterday. Like, he took some shots yeah. yesterday. So is that him hanging in? Is that helping them get out of sacks more? Is that offensive line just better than Cincinnati's was? I think their offensive line was better than Cincinnati's was. Yeah. But I also think you can really look at, if you look at him in the pocket, Trevor in the pocket, I think that's what people are sleeping on. I think he's really good in the pocket. And he's and he's making people miss, and he's getting out of there. And he used his legs well yesterday and got him out of some stuff. I mean, I think a lot of other quarterbacks would have double the amount of sacks the Jags have right now. How many sacks does Trevor Lawrence have? 
I don't even know. Maybe it's know. probably about Total? 16, yeah. 17. He's been sacked, what, 17 times? Well, okay. I'm going to guess. Okay. It was 13 like two weeks ago. He got sacked three times yesterday. I think it was once last week, so I'm going to guess it's 17. Okay. Joe Burrow played in 10 games last season. He got sacked 32 times. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. That's no. what I'm saying. Yeah. No. Not good. Uh, but like I said, 16. I mean. 16. 16 right now? But, again, you got – I know three plays where Trevor Lawrence got absolutely walloped yesterday. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah, and hopefully he's okay. Yeah. And so getting sacked – and like, I thought the Jags got a lot of pressure yesterday on the quarterback, and I think Wentz got sacked once. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't – if we could look up the same thing on how many pressures and hits they have, maybe it's a more a, a close enough number. It could be. I just think that if you get sacked 32 times in 10 games, you probably got hit a lot more than that. You and probably you probably did. had zero confidence or offensive line – but you still found a way to throw 13 touchdowns and five interceptions. Yeah. Like I said, maybe he's just better. I don't know. It's a I'm, good comparison, I, though. I just don't know what Cincinnati has last year that Jacksonville can't find. I don't know if it's the play calling. I don't know if it's the receivers catching. Or just playing better, yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, maybe their receivers played better. I, mean, I guess. It's, it's an obvious answer now, but I would take T. Higgins over LaVisca last year, too. Sure. But, let's, mean, but yeah. yeah, but last year, how confident were you with T. Higgins? Young dude, we didn't. I, I honestly, I didn't know what Tiggins was going to be. No, but he played well. He played well. He played well. If you didn't know what he was going to be, he played above your expectation. Who the yeah. hell on the Jags offense is playing above your expectation? True, not one player yeah. right now. Uh, and there is no doubt, James Robinson, by the way, is the MVP of this football team. Yeah, because well, they cannot function without him. They got better in the second half yesterday. Why? Because they gave him the football in the second half, and he became part of more of the offense. Mm-hmm. They cannot play right now without James Robinson Yeah, and function. That is a fact based on when he's been in and out. Case, to answer your question about T. Higgins, his rookie year last year, 67 receptions, 908 yards, six touchdowns. We'll We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Obviously, a lot more Jags talk on the way. more Jags to get to uh, here as we try to piece it together. James Robinson will be at Jags Report live tonight. Uh, That's at Sneakers in Jack's Beach, 7 o'clock on Fox 30 as well. And uh, you know, when you give it a go before the game and they decide that they're going to use them, then why do they try to be so careful with them? Does that mean they really didn't want to have them in the game? (laughs) Yeah. Because they started Carlos Hyde. Like, if you say, okay, we're green lighting James Robinson, but you start Carlos Hyde, and then you give him, I think, like three carries in the first half or something like that, mm-hmm. then then are you re- then why don't you just inactivate him? So he's obviously on a pitch count, and I think they're trying to keep him out as much as possible until they really needed to needed use him. him. And then, you know, the game kind of got out of hand real quick. They couldn't score points, so they really needed him quickly. Yeah, and they do need – I mean, listen, the, that – that offense revolves around him. Yep. It really does. Like, all you got to do is the numbers of the last few weeks, the plays that he's in versus they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's pretty simple. We'll talk more about it coming up at 4. You went to the skateboarding this weekend? I did, man. Was yeah. It good? Yeah, it looks great. I, I was there Sunday for the uh, the men's and the women's practice rounds. Okay. Yeah, it was – I mean, hey, the, the foot is, like, right next to, like, the the half pipe and stuff. It was crazy. No, no not the half pipe, but, but, like, the ramp and everything. So and I no, Ronan didn't go. Ronan, Ronan was busy. He he couldn't make it. Couldn't make I mean, the trip. How busy can a seven-year-old be? He's got you know whatever, parties six. and stuff, birthday friends and stuff. Yeah, he's, so got he's, got that. he's got friends. He's got friends. I know. Uh, <laughs> no, to be young and have friends again, you know. <laughs> uh, but it was a good setup. 
And the it was a crazy setup. It, it was a, an action-packed crowd, number one. But it's like where they put us, it was really cool. That's good. I almost went back for the men's final because the game was going on. I'm like, ah, after that first quarter, yeah. I might have early. That's but tough. There's a lot going thankfully, on. Thankfully, the Jaguars' defense made it interesting. They did. They did. Yeah, you almost went back after the first quarter. Yeah. You know what? I would have told you to go back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was on the fence, and I'm like, yeah, I bet Joe Cohen's got it. I bet they didn't get some more out of this defense and what he's I thought that on. was about to be 45 to 10. The, the old Jaguars would have let it be 45 to yeah, 10. So but, I, um, I mean, again, it's hard to sit to here and say, yeah, you will. Well, great job. But I'm telling you, there are teams that check out. There really are teams that check out in the NFL, yeah. and that game's over. And they didn't. I mean, you a little bit of credit for that. I love nothing more than to talk Jaguars defense all day, but that's not how the show works. Yeah, well, we will talk some defense. we got to take a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.